Welcome to the podcast of Grace Covenant Church, where we are transformed by God's grace, connected through relationships, and committed to service. Let's look at our time, our learning time today. We're going to look at a couple weeks together about, about whether it's worth it or not. Uh, you know the story? It sounds almost like a fairy tale. You think about it. Once upon a time, right? Once upon a time, when Jews were born into a country that meant they were either going to be born into death or slavery. And then there was this courageous mother who wanted to trust God and act out on faith and arranged it so that her newborn child would be seen by the king's daughter. And when that princess saw that little boy, she said, Daddy, can I keep him? Just like a little kitten. And Daddy let let her keep that boy and raise that boy. And Moses was raised as a prince in Pharaoh's castle. I mean, and he made it, right? I mean, he absolutely made it. He was going to be safe and comfortable his entire life. The life of a prince. You and I, we can't even, we we don't have an imagination that's broad enough to, to conceive what his life would be like, right? A private education that few people in all of history have experienced, uh, a sense of, of power to control and even own people, <laughs> wealth and comfort untold, untold. And, and, and this idea of just being safe and comfortable, and then you, you just you live happy and then you die happy. It's a great life. And then there was this choice that he had to make. And if every decision has a price tag, I don't know if there's a price tag that's more costly than this one because he, he would have to forfeit that unimaginable wealth. He would have to squander all the authority that he had, and he would have to sacrifice all the comfort. That's what it would cost him. But the Bible tells a different story on the expense side. This is what Hebrew says that motivated Moses to make a choice. It says, by faith, when Moses was grown up, He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. And he regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. There was no... He just did a cost analysis of this decision. Every decision has a price tag, and it wasn't going to cost him He was going to make good on this. There there was not a forfeiture of wealth. He would be paid back a hundredfold. There was no no, um, squander of his authority. He would rule cities for thousands of years. The comfort, really? (laughs) From heaven's perspective, right? Mother Teresa said this, from heaven's perspective... The most gruesome and excruciating life we could experience here on earth will seem to be like a bad night in an inconvenient hotel. He lost his comfort. He gained eternity. It didn't cost. My point is this. This was not a sacrifice. Moses knew for much was is given much as expected. It didn't cost Moses anything. Moses was rewarded for this. And that's what I want to spend the next two weeks on. Here's what I want you to hear, okay? There is no such thing, there is no such thing as sacrificing 
to do God's will. There's no such thing as sacrificing, okay? There's, there's, no, there's no amount of generosity that you could experience in this world that won't be repaid <laughs> several times over forever. There's no expense or there's no experience of persecution or isolation um, or sacrifice in, in this world that, that won't give dividends in the next life. You, look, you don't pay the price for obedience. You pay the price for compromise. As some old French poet said, right, life has but one tragedy, right, ultimately, to, to not have been a saint. Life holds but one tragedy, ultimately, and that is to not have been a saint. Why? Because there is a judgment coming, and every single follower of Jesus Christ will stand before him and, and we will be evaluated by our, our motives and actions and the choices that we make in this lifetime. And friends, every decision has a price tag. And we get rewarded for those decisions when we live our lives by faith for his, for his joy, for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. That's a judgment day. It's called the judgment day, the, the judgment seat sometimes. And, and because of that... There's no such thing as sacrifice. There, there's no such thing as, as uh, some decision that we make that could cost us in this life. It doesn't cost. In the end, there's great gain. There's nothing that will go unnoticed. There's nothing that, uh, that won't be evaluated. Let me, let me show you, okay, some passages, and then I'll show you some stories where Jesus just tells it like it is. He'll give stories and then real-life experiences that ha- take place when people are asking about this. But first, the principle itself, it says in First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, look, for all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive recompense for what's been done in the body, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm embarrassed to try to explain this, right? All of us, each and every one, he's talking to the church, so it's Christians, will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus will be sitting there, and, and this is a privilege to be before his tribunal, right? This is not about our ultimate destiny. That's a different kind of judgment. This is about a judgment of our works, recompense, where we're going to re- receive what's due to us, the decisions that we made, what we did with this body for this experience of, of life, with the one life that he gave us. And that's what the judgment seat is all about. This is um, uh, a battle-scarred, you know, general king that's giving out awards, you know, for the way we fought in this, in this war called life. That's what it is. And, and that's, that's, that's why there's no sacrifices. Okay, this is not about forgiveness. Okay, forgiveness is, is something you receive as a gift from God, right, when you trust that 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 Jesus Christ's death and resurrection would pave in full for your sins. And you get, you get a title with that, okay? You get, you're a son or you're a daughter. These are different titles. The judgment seat, you have different titles. You could be called, sometimes it's called a, re, a, a regent because you rule over what you've been given by God. Uh, a steward means you're responsible for the assets that you've been lent. They're his, he's lending them to you. Uh, today we would call it uh, an investment manager, and what are you, what's the investment, you know, that you're managing? Your life. Your life. You're given this amount of time 
this set of talents, these opportunities. And he says, go, you know, <laughs> do something with that. And then we'll talk later on, you know. We'll, 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 make, we'll make right with all the decisions you make, good or bad. Uh, uh, an illustration is used in, in another book uh, to the same church, Corinthians, where he says, Paul says, okay, it's, it's like this. Um, life is like this. It's, it's like the slab is, the foundation is Jesus Christ, and then our lives are a house that we build with our decisions, and, and some of our decisions are, are valuable and eternal, and we make, we're using uh, materials that are you know, precious metals and, and precious stones, and some other decisions are entirely selfish, and those things are made like of wood, hay, and, and straw. But listen, there's this purifying fire. He makes it, the judgment seat feel like this purifying fire, and the fire um, cleanses all the kindling away, and what survives you live with forever. Well, look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look, look how the illustration rolls out. That day. Look, look where he says that day. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That's the foundation of Jesus Christ. Sure. Now, our lives, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold and silver and precious stones, also wood, hay, and straw, the work of each builder will become visible for that day. Key. That day will disclose it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each person has done. So on that day, the fire is lit, and, and the way you build your life is going to be based on whether you lived your life for thy kingdom come or your kingdom come. For thy will be done or your will be done. And when the, when the fire takes place on that day... What remains you live with. And listen, this, this phrase on that day is key to a lot of saints. Martin Luther, in his calendar, it said, had two days in his calendar, today and that day. Because he knew every day was living towards that monumental event where he stood before the throne of Christ, judgment seat of Christ, and on that day, his works would be purified by fire, and he would live with it, the rewards forever. So we go on in verse 14. He says, look, uh, the person who built upon the foundation uh, survives. You know, those things that are built, things that were gold, silver, and precious stones, the builder will receive a reward for that. The work uh, burned up, the wood, hay, and straw, that builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but because he's a child, right, he's a ch that's a different judgment, but he'll survive as through fire. The idea there of suffer loss, it doesn't mean he's punished. If you look carefully in some of your study Bibles to say he's not punished, he just suffers loss. It's this life that could have been. This, these things that are lost were selfish ambition and, and, and selfish living. It, you come out of this, and some people will, they'll come out of this, the whole house burns to the ground. Their, their clothes are, you know, sh, you know, smoking, and their hair is lost, and they, and they say, wow. But they'll be glad to be alive. Okay? They'll be glad to have survived. But, but, but why? Because, because the Bible uses a metaphor that life is a race. And the person said, I'm not going to run. I'm not even going to try. Uh, life is a, a battle and we need to fight. And they just dug a foxhole and waited for the thing to end. You know, 
um, going back to a child that inherits a lot of things from the father, right? He inherits, a, he inherits time and these talents and these opportunities and these great works in Jesus Christ that he planned beforehand for us to do. And they go, eh, you know, little trust fund, trust fund kind of brat that says, I got mine and I'll just wait. That person barely survives. They survive. But, the, uh, but here's what I want to emphasize, the rewards. The person who invests with, with gold and silver and precious stones, when the purifying fire takes over, they have rewards because they live their life to do God's will. And, and that's, isn't that the thing that we're talking about here? There's no, there's no such thing um, as sacrificing to obey the laws of Christ. All the costs that the person put into it, let's just assume it's like real you know, expenses. You know, look at your, your cost of supplies. Gold and silver and precious stones, that's expensive. It's not expensive, it's worth it. Because you get rewarded for that. There's no such thing. I know some of you are probably thinking, if this is new, I'm probably informing some of you and reminding others. But some of you that might be informed, you, you, don't, you don't feel good about this. You think, I don't need to be rewarded by God. He doesn't owe me anything, you know? I mean, I think about that, too. I think of um, the movie Pig. Sometimes I get kind of lumped in my throat because I just, I just want to hear from God, that'll do pig, you know? I mean, if I just get that from Jesus, you know, that'll do pig. Thank you. You know? But listen, listen, that, that's, that could happen, you know? And that will, you will receive accommodations uh, or accommodations, but listen, you will be rewarded. And he, it was his idea. My point is, it's, it was his idea to give rewards. Okay, we're not asking for them. I'm just telling you that the Bible is full of passages that tell you if you live a sacrificial life for the glory of Jesus Christ, it's not sacrificing. He said he would reward you. He said that. Let me, let me give you a couple of stories just to give you this idea that you are a, a, an investment manager for your precious mortal life, the only life you have. And, he said, and, and, and the idea here is that you need to invest it well, make decisions that count forever. Because if you do, you'll be glad you did. And whatever it costs now is, is, is pennies. In your return on investment. Okay, so Jesus tells his story. I think it's in, well, it's in all the Gospels. Matthew chapter 25. Here's the Matthew version of it. He says, uh, life is like a rich man. He's going to go on a long journey. He's going to be gone for a long time. So he brings his stewards in, right? Your stewards, you're overseeing. His regents, his investment managers. And he gives one $5,000 and one $2,000 and one $1,000 based on their abilities. You know, he didn't I just want to make sure everybody was, you know, it was an even playing field. You guys have different talent levels, so I'm going to give you different amounts. And I'll be back, you know, invest wisely. And when Jesus tells the story, he says this. The, the person given the, the first story, given the $5,000, it said, immediately went and worked hard, and he doubled the money. And then he says, the second one that was given $2,000, she did the same thing. She immediately <laughs> went out and worked hard and doubled the money. The one given $3,000 wanted to live life safe. And he went and buried it someplace and just left it there. And then after a long period of time goes by, that day, that day happened. And he, and he called up the person he gave $5,000 to. And that person said, what did you, you know, here's what I did with the master's 
$5,000. I doubled it. And this is what you hear when you invest well with the only life you have. He says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. But look, that's not all. That's not all. He says, what you have been faithful with a few things, so now I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Wow. Okay? So that day, that day happened with the, guy, the person that was given $2,000. And she steps up and she says, Master, here's what you gave me, $2,000, and I worked hard, and I doubled it. And here's what she heard. She heard this. Looks familiar, doesn't it? His master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. But that's not all. It wasn't just well done, pig. Okay, she, she said, now you've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. See? It's not our idea. We didn't ask for it. He's bringing it. And the third servant brings the $1,000, and he said, I, you know, I, I was afraid. And so I played it safe. And, and in a living translation, it says that he was, the, the, the master was furious. He said, a terrible way to live. It is criminal to live that life so safe. If you'd have just put it in the bank, I would have had money in interest income. And it doesn't even, it's not even, clearly he doesn't even have a mindset to be even a follower of Jesus Christ. And so he says, get him away from here. Take his thousand bucks and give it to the guy with 10. So he'll have 11. All that work, all that work that those first two investors did, working all night, maybe working a field or studying, you know, whatever it took to double that money. Was it work? It wasn't work. It, it, was, it was an investment into the future. Because, look, there's no such thing as sacrificing. Hear this. There's no such thing as sacrificing. Okay? When you're following the laws of God, when you're just obeying the will, the, the inclinations, you, you know, the, the things you hear God's voice say to you, there's no such thing as sacrificing there. Look what happens to these people that invested well. Okay? They were good stewards. They were regents of their life. What happened? Okay? They were praised out loud by our king. They received a reward for what they had done. And then, and, then they, and then this last thing he says, would you please come and share in your master's joy? <laughs> That's how we can know that there's no such thing as, right, as sacrifice. So when it comes to wealth, when the Bible talks about wealth, Jesus says, for example, because don't like store up or hoard a bunch of stuff in this life because I can rust you know, it can be stolen, it can be lost, the moths can eat it. What are you doing? This stuff is temporal. But he does say this. He says this. He says, like, store up, mound up, extremely save for eternity, for treasures in heaven, because that can't be lost. It can't be stolen. It can't uh, be rusted. It can't be moth-eaten. It's eternal and everlasting. When he talks about stuff, Jesus says, great, use it to make more stuff that's forever. Paul is writing a young pastor, his, you know, his little disciple, his little Padawan, his name is Timothy, and Timothy's overseeing a church that's rather wealthy. And so Paul says, look, you need to command, you need to command the people of wealth in this way. Let me just read it. So command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant with their wealth or to put hope in their wealth because that's uncertain, but to put their hope in God who's richly providing for all of their enjoyment, but command them to be rich in good deeds, right? Uh, to, to be generous and willing to share. Why? 
Why would they do that? To lay up treasures for themselves for the coming age. Why would they do that? Because they want to lay up treasures in heaven. <laughs> I'm laughing because I was thinking about Paul teaching this to Timothy, and I thought, I'm a pastor. <laughs> so this is a little bit awkward because I don't do a lot of commanding up here, but I command you, you know, that are wealthy in this stuff of this earth, and most of us are. I command you that are wealthy in this world's stuff to not get arrogant with it. And whatever you do, don't put your hope in that stuff because it's really uncertain. And I'm going to command you again. I command you to do this. You put your hope in God. And you, and you use that stuff for good works and be generous and share so that, so that you will re receive rewards, eternal rewards in heaven. It'll be a good investment on that day, on that day. Our opportunities are not just financial and resource-oriented. It's about the way we treat people, and it's also the way we treat even difficulties in life, people that don't like us, people that hate us, people that persecute us. God says, listen, all those things do not go unnoticed. When you have the Spirit of God inside of you, you have the power to love your enemies and that will be rewarded. Why would you love your enemies? Because it will be rewarded, he says. And so, and, and again, Matthew, when he's, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is teaching. He says, blessed are those who hate you. Listen to all the words that are used to describe the people that don't like you. Blessed are those who, the people that hate you, those who exclude you, those that revile you, those who defame you on the count of you being a follower of Jesus Christ. Why would you feel that way towards them? Because it says rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Two things, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Surely your reward is great in heaven. And, and now that is uh, what their ancestors did to the prophets. Rejoice and jump for joy when you're persecuted. When you're called out by a family member because of your walk with God. Some of you don't live in a house where it's comfortable to read your Bible. And when you're called out for that... At work, sometimes you can be mocked just for having a certain set of ethics or in the classroom for believing in the, history, in the history of Jesus. You know what? Here's what he's saying. Don't you hang your head. Don't you play the tape back and, and regret what you said or did if it was for the glory of Christ and it was in, done in a tactful way, right, with the right motives. Don't you? Don't you regret that? Because he says, your rewards will be in heaven. Listen, you become part of a band of brothers that have battle scars, and you'll receive a purple heart from Jesus Christ. Okay? I mean, that's the way they treated the prophets. That, and now you get to hang out with those guys and say, yeah, I've got a story too. <laughs> so Jesus goes on in chapter, in, chapter, uh, in chapter 6 of Luke. He says, look, uh, but I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If a guy slaps you in the cheek, give him the other one a slap. If he, stay, if he takes your jacket, say, hey, the shirt matches the jacket. Do you want the shirt too? <laughs> right? And why would you do that? Because he says, he says, listen, if you love those that love you, what good is that? The sinners can do that. If you're good to those who are good to you, what good is that? I mean, the people outside the church, they, they do that. I mean, that's just my, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, you know? I mean, but when you love your enemies, it says, look at verse 35 up on the screens, but when you love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, your reward will be great, 
and you will be the children of the Most High God. How much does it cost to love your enemies, to give them your jacket and your shirt? How much does it cost to, to share your life with someone that never appreciates any of it? It costs you nothing. That's the answer. It costs you nothing. Because there's no such thing as sacrificing in obeying you know, the commands of God. There's no such thing as sacrifice. You don't pay the price for obedience, friends. There's no price to pay. You pay the price for compromise. You're rewarded for obedience. I'm belaboring the point. I'm doing this on purpose because on that day, on that day, you will receive rewards for the things that are seen and unseen by the unseen God. And so, you know, I mean, it's little stuff, friends. It's every little thing. It's, it's the children over there in the children's ministry, and they have a little offering every week, and they put in their little, you know, two pence or whatever it might be. And that's great. That's going to come back, right? It's the high school kid that stands up and says something in class about Jesus and, and gets pummeled for it. That's okay. You're going to be rewarded. It's these special parents, you know, that have a special need child, and so much of what we see on, you know, for our hour and a half or three hours here on campus, we have no concept of, of the endurance they live with. And I want you to know that God is watching. And there are rewards. And when, you, when, you're, when your mate grows old and, and loses, you know, here and now, and you care for them and you, and you love them and nurture them, you're going to be rewarded. And when you set an example for your children, whether they follow you or not, is what it means to walk with God, you will be rewarded. If you're, a, if you're a child in a house and the parents aren't setting an example, but you're living a life consistent with Christ, you're going to be rewarded. When you're, you know, as an employee, when you are true to your skills, you know, and, and to your trade, God made you for that. You're rewarded for that. If you're in a place of power and you, and you use that power, but in meekness, you're rewarded for that. On that day, on that day, on that day, it says this, the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each person according to what he has done. That sentence makes a lot of sense out of suffering, doesn't it? On that day. All right. For those that are kind of like Peter, there's a, uh, one of the followers of Jesus Christ is like is, this person named Peter. He's, he, was, <laughs> he was the slowest learner but the fastest talker. And so I like him a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm going to, again, I'm going to say, I'm going to just tell you another story so that you make sure that you understand the theme today. Okay, and, this, and this is for Peter. And, and I'm glad he asked the question because there was a, a rich young man that came to Jesus and he said, you know, how... What do you have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus knew that this rich young man was building his own kingdom, doing his own will. I mean, he knew <laughs> it's all right through him. And so Jesus said, listen, here's what you need to do. You know, you're just trying to be moral, and that's not what God asks of you. He wants all of you. And so Jesus says, sell everything, give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And then follow me. You'll have eternal life. And the, and, the, and the rich young man, he left because he thought it was going to cost him. He, did, he, he, bla he blacked out. He, he wasn't listening. He, he missed the part where it says, and then you'll have treasures in heaven. 
And so he leaves, and, you know, kind of the dust settles, and Peter's looking around, and he says, he says, um, um, so we left everything, and we followed you. So some of the guys, we were just wondering... You know, we were just wondering, having left everything, and we're following you, they wanted me to ask you if this was going to be worth it. And here's what he said. Truly, he says, I tell you this. At the renewal of all things on that day, when the Son of Man is seated in the throne of his glory, and you who have followed me will also sit in the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, and everyone who left a house, or a brother, or a sister, or a father, or a mother, or children, or fields, in my name's sake, you will receive one hundredfold, and you will inherit eternal life. Peter left his house. When you go to Israel today and go to the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, you'll visit his house. For 2,000 years, people have been visiting his house. It hadn't been his house in a long time. He has a bigger house now. You lost a business because of your walk with Christ? You might rule a country. You lost a brother or a sister, a mother, a daughter, a child because of your commitment to following the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ because you said, thy will be done. You will receive an auditorium of people that are called family. There's a friend that's closer than a brother. You do not pay the price for obedience, friends. You pay the price for compromise. There is only one tragedy in this life, ultimately. And that's when you haven't lived this life as a saint. Let's talk some more about this next week, okay? Until then, lean in. Lord Jesus, I, I, think, I think most of us would just love a pat on the head and for you to know our name and to say, well done. And yet, like your very nature, in your extravagance, in your opulence, in your overflow, you promise that you'll reward us. And so, Lord, when praises from you are not enough, when just the sense of obeying you is not enough, would you remind us today of all the promises and all the stories and all the illustrations and all the experiences in your life and that you wrote down, that were written down of the promises of reward. Lord, I'd ask that we would never hang our heads because we've been persecuted. We would never doubt about our generosity, that we would never give up in our race, in our fight, in our journey, that we would be good stewards, we'd be responsible investors, that we would be proud runners. We pray this for your glory and for that day. In Jesus' name. For more information about Grace, visit our website at grace360.org.